Hi everyone and welcome to this interview. I'm your host Sunny Gigi and it's my pleasure to introduce our special guest. Today we have Yonatan. He was born in Iran and raised in the US. But he grew up with the mentality to go to school, become a doctor, engineer, or a lawyer, to make money, get married, and have kids. Yonatan realized that there is much more of a purpose to life than materialism. We're very excited to have him here with us today to share his experience and journey. So without further ado, let's get into it. All right, so today we have Yonatan. He has a bachelor's degree in system engineering and computer science. He's been running his own cybersecurity consulting firm for 12 years. Uh, he's worked for big corporations like Walt Disney, Chase Bank, and AT&T. He's been in Balchivan now for about seven years. And Yonatan, first of all, thank you very much for coming on the show and uh, are willing to share your story with others. Well, thank you for having me. It's an honor. Can you tell us a little more about uh, what happened prior to those um, seven years leading up to the big change of uh, Chuva in your life? You know, some background, some history about yourself. Uh, sure. So uh, I was born in Iran. Um, uh, my family are a very traditional uh, Persian family. And for those that don't know what a, the traditional Persian family is, is, my family taught me that there is a God, there is Torah. But uh, everything else was just based on tradition. So that means we had Friday night uh, Kiddush. Uh, we celebrated the holidays. Uh, we wouldn't eat non-kosher meat, fish, or chicken, but would eat everything else. Uh, unfortunately, on Shabbat, would, we would drive, um, watch TV, uh, touch electricity, um, and everything else. Uh, but uh, again, uh, it, it, everything was based on tradition. So for example, we would celebrate Passover, eat matzah, don't eat chametz, but again, do everything else. Uh, so uh, that's my background. And um, until I was 12, I lived in Iran. And then after that, we moved to United States. And I was raised uh, based on the requirements that as a Persian Jew, you have to go to school, either become a doctor, engineer, or lawyer. Uh, the priority is to make money, uh, get married, have kids, mm -hmm. and then everything else is secondary. So religion and everything else was always at the back of the train. The, the beginning and the goal was always was just to go to school, get a degree, get married, have kids, and then after everything is done, then you will have spend time on whatever else is. Yeah, yeah, that sounds like a very basic, general, traditional type of uh, upbringing there. How did you discover Rabbi Reuven and the organization, or how, how did that whole thing uh, happen? Just to give you a, a little bit of a background, uh, e even in my past... Uh, life uh, before I became religious I always had that feeling that um, just by looking at the surrounding I'm, I mean you know I'm an engineer and engineers are very analytic and they always try to analyze everything and just by analyzing my surrounding and people and family I realized this can't be the purpose of life I mean we are not here just to do whatever we want enjoy life and, and get old and be done with it i mean I, I was sure that hashem didn't bring us here just for that i mean it can't be possible he went through 
not that it's a trouble for him, but he go, he went through all these things, created all these creatures, universes, just for us to come here, go to movies, go to work, make money, have kids, and be done with it. So I always knew that there is a purpose to life, but again, because of my surrounding and because of what was taught to me that uh, school comes first and getting married comes first, I never got the chance to pursue and figure out what the purpose of life was. Talking to other rabbis here and there, I would get answers here and there, but nothing really clicked. Nothing gave me that push or that clarity that I was looking for. So about seven years ago, I actually this credit goes to my brother. Um, he so about seven years ago, he texted me and said, "Listen, I, I was on YouTube and I found two videos by two rabbis. One was called Torah and Science by Rabbi Mizrahi, and then the second one was the." Life of Rabbi uh, Rowan. It's a buying opportunity. The bottom line is, is that uh, these two companies have a huge opportunity. There are only two companies in an entire sector. My story doesn't start with religion. My story doesn't start with the truth. My story starts with Alma de Shikha, the world of lies. God gave, God took, may his name be blessed. How he was a big shot. He was explaining how he was uh, in Wall Street and he was making a lot of money and he, he was on TV like CNN, Fox and uh, what happened to his life and his journey and why he became religious. So once I, I watched the first video, um, that completely opened my eyes. And then the second video from Rabbi Reuven was the icing on the cake because that was the push that I needed because I realized that if someone like him with, with the fame and the money and everything else was able to change his life, and pursue what was the actual reality, then I knew that something I can do myself. So that's when I started researching about his organization. I started watching more of his videos. And since then I've been following him. And uh, he's been, I would say he's been my mentor because uh, he was the reason that pushed me to change my life and find the, the actual purpose of what li uh, why we're here and what life is all about. And it's been seven years now, and here we are, uh, going from knowing nothing about religion or, or the Torah and just, just knowing the surface and the tradition to learning exactly what needs to be done and what I need to do and what my purpose is. Sorry, you were able to... Um get out of the whole kind of material world and see that it's not it's not only about materialism that's a, a lot of people have that that wake up call you know they have that question where it's like why do good things happen to uh, bad people and and vice versa they see that oh this guy you know he doesn't keep to buy he doesn't do all these things but you know he's he has the money, the cars, all, all the I, things. I was one of them, right. Yeah, I mean, I, I always ask that question because I always told myself, how is it that all these religious people, majority of them live in poverty? They, they live 
below poverty lines or they always yeah. have a hard time feeding their kids they have all these troubles and these people are dedicating their life to the torah and to the right path but then you see everybody else doctors lawyers businessmen making money having big houses five different cars i mean wife kids vacation so i always wondered seems like the world is backwards and i always wonder why if if you see that if you go towards torah and hashem it looks like your life gets worse so why are these people doing it i mean why are they choosing to let go of the money and the fame and, and living a great life and getting themselves in that situation that they can't even i don't know have a meal sometimes for the family i would say so why why are they doing it? Yeah. So there has to be a reason. There has to be a purpose. But I, again, unfortunately, uh, before I met Rabbi Reuven, nobody would was able to give me an actual answer. I mean, they would give the basic answers from the Torah or or the phrases from here and there, but nothing clicked, you know. So. Until I started following Rabbi Reuven and started watching his videos and I started learning and reading the books myself. And that's when everything started uh, clicking for me and making sense, I would say. And that's when I realized that actually that's the real life, not what I was pursuing. Okay, so the first lecture that you watched was from Rabbi Mizrahi, right? And that led you to... Um... Rabbi Rubin's lecture. Yes. Did you ever get in contact with Rabbi Rubin or get any type of like personal help uh, from him? Yes, I actually did. Uh, I mean, a couple of times I had uh, very hard questions, personal questions that I, I needed an answer to. And I sent him a message uh, through WhatsApp and he went out of his way to uh, give me the right answer and show me the right path and help me make the right decision. And actually, about uh, I was lucky enough to be able to join him uh, a couple of months ago uh, in Yerushalayim when they had that big uh, event. Oh, right, and that's when I actually met him face to face. Oh, that was the first time. That was the first time that I met him face to face. But before that, I had a conversation here with him here and there, asking him questions through the WhatsApp. Did you go there specifically to see the event or you just happened to be there at the time? I actually went for the event. Uh, so I oh. was lucky. I don't want to use the word luck, but for the sake of the conversation, I would say I was lucky enough to win the lottery uh, ticket to get invited. Wow. And then, uh, Wait, did you, were you the one that won the raffle? Yes. Wow. Azalto. Thank you. Like, cool. I remember I was at the event when he pulled out the the car, tried the, uh, the little spinny thing. Yeah. And I remember your name, Jonathan. I don't know why, but I remember the name. Yeah. So funny. So I, within two, three day period, I planned everything, got the ticket, got the hotel, and just, just went there strictly for the event and to meet Rabbi Rowan. Since your family was more of like traditional, how did they take it when you you know, started to go more along the uh, more religious right. path. Uh, I mean, to be honest with you, uh, 
they were open to it. I mean, they I, I don't want to say they were very happy about it because they thought that this is going to bring separation between us. Uh, because my parents were thinking that now that I'm becoming religious, I'm probably not going to go to, the, to their house as much. I'm probably not going to eat their food. Um, I'd not visit them as often. So they were not happy about that aspect. But they were pretty open to the idea. So they told me if that's what I want to do and that's what makes me happy, then I, I should go for it. So they weren't fully against it. In the beginning, they were concerned. But I have to tell you, after seven years and now that I'm married, I have four little kids, uh, they do come and tell me that they're very happy that I actually pursued uh, the right path, especially for my kids. Because now they see what's happening around them. I mean, you, you have to be blind not to see what's going on around you in the world. I mean, with, with all this tumor and darkness that it's happening, um, they were actually pretty happy f to see that me and my, their grandkids are actually going to the right path and we are not involving ourselves with what's happening around us. It's crazy how how fast everything is going down, you know? Yeah. It's so obvious that we're, you know, the, the final stages of uh, of the world, you know? It's Definitely. Like you can totally see everything collapsing, but, uh, you know, you get some... Uh, uh, some clips sometimes sent to you where you see, you know, like these natural disasters happening and uh, you see like, you know, like tsunamis and volcanoes oh, yeah. and buildings, yeah. buildings just yeah. falling. Like I think it was like uh, maybe like a year, a year and a half ago, there was a building here in... Um, uh, I remember in uh, Florida, right? Yeah, yeah it I just it felt yes, like... Yeah. And watching it, you know, I, I remember seeing it like the next morning and it was so scary because it just, you, you know, like that can happen anywhere at any time. Exactly. Exactly. And to, 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 to be, to be in that position, it's, uh, it's very scary. I feel very bad for, uh, you know, for, for, for those people. And, and that's scary. why, uh, I mean, that's why I took this seriously. I mean, look, not everybody gets a second is trying to wake us up. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Not everybody gets a second chance. Not not everybody have that opportunity to turn their life around. So that's one of the reasons that when I got that chance and Hashem opened my eyes, I grabbed the situation with both hands and just went full on because I, I knew the way that the world is going. If I let this opportunity go, there's probably a very high probability that there's not going to be another chance. I, I, that's why I started yeah. just uh, going full force. Do you feel like you had any influence on on your family? Yes, I, actually, I, I, well, I hope I did, but I think I did because my brother, after a certain amount of time, when he saw me completely changing, he also started changing. So he also started listening to Rabbi Rubin. He started keeping Shabbat. Uh, he, uh, he stopped working on Shabbat, uh, working on holidays. Um, so definitely, uh, I can definitely say it had an impact on my brother, and I I, I want to say I hope on my parents as well. It's also a very similar story to mine. Um, a video of uh, Rabbi Mizrahi, one of his older lectures. It's called um, uh, "The Streets Are Full of Israeli Blood." Yes, I've seen that. And he said, "Oh, this is a very interesting lecture. You know, watch it." 
And, uh, you know, I was also, it was a long time ago, I was also not really, you know, I was kind of secular. I was doing my own, you know, young teenage uh, life. Yeah. And I watched it and I was like, wow, this is actually very interesting. He's a very good speaker. You know, I, I think I sat, sat through the whole thing in like one sitting. I think it was like a two, two and a half hour lecture. And then I saw, wow, he has more lectures. You know, you see the whole recommended videos on the side. You click on one more, one more, and then um, that's that's the thing that got me. So, uh, you know, these people, Hashem sends these people, brothers, sisters, random people, you never know, to uh, to kind of give us that uh, that one video, that one link. Exactly. You know where it's, exactly. it's going to take us. Exactly. I guess you could say Ruch Hashem for YouTube, right? 100%, yes. Again, not everyone gets a second chance. So I have to say I'm extremely happy that I was one of them. When when your brother sent you the video, was there anything, was there any type of like impact on your life at the time that made you kind of draw towards wanting to make changes? But besides the questions that you had, was there anything like happening in your life that kind of woke you up? Yes, because that was... Uh... That was actually the time that I was dating for marriage. And mm. I was getting set up with girls that were like me, traditional Persian Jews or conservative. And again, it, it wasn't working for me because from what I heard from them, their mentality, what they want in life, it, it, it wasn't what I was looking for. So when I started watching the video especially from rabbi rogan videos i i realized that i need to change what i'm looking for in a wife so that's when i started completely looking for a religious girl that wants the same exact things that i want or i, I actually could help me or could do it together mm -hmm. To go through the path so either someone that is bal or it's on, on her way of becoming one or someone that's already religious and could help me with the progress so that's when i um, when someone was referring me someone the first question would ask was what her uh, level is in regards to religion is she orthodox is she becoming orthodox uh, is she becoming religious and things like that? And I, as soon as they would tell me no, then I would tell them, I'm sorry, there's really no point because I will be wasting both of our times. And while I was going through the process, I actually met my wife and um, she was one of the first girls I went out with that was orthodox and religious. And uh, after starting speaking with her and going on a few dates, uh, it just clicked, and here we are, seven later, married with four beautiful kids. You would say that it's the um, it's the whole decision of doing chuva that made you uh, leave to find to find your wife, because yeah. I know it's very difficult yeah. now to, to to find someone with the same ideology. I know, yeah, I mean, I we have I have family members or friends, or my wife has friends that are unfortunately they're having a hard time. Uh, finding a person with the same mentality or same level of religiousness. Again, it, it, it's sad. And that's why I, I think um, that was one of the reasons that I was able to find my wife was 
that uh, clarity that I got because without that clarity, I, I wouldn't know that I need to change the way I'm thinking about what my wife should be or what kind of, um, I would say, uh, what kind of requirements I should be looking for in a wife in, in regards to religion and uh, Judaism and things like that. So you had that ideology that the rabbis, Rabbi Rubin and Rabbi Nizrahi speak about that kind of, of molded your... Of course, yeah. Of yes, because they, by watching their videos, I realized what kind of questions I should be asking and what kind of yeah. things I should be looking for. Uh, I, I mean, unfortunately, uh, a lot of people look for the wrong things or look ask the wrong questions. Yeah. And that's why, unfortunately, divorce, it's at a high rates right now because they looked for the wrong thing in their spouse from the beginning and just by watching those videos and be able to figure out what type of questions i should be asking and what type of things i should be looking for that save i would say that completely saved me from choosing the wrong spouse which only god knows what would have happened or where i would be now because all, all it takes is just one wrong decision and your life could completely be different right that's it that's it i mean this is definitely an important decision to make you know you're going to be spending the rest of your life exactly and that's why you need that clarity that's why you need to you need that knowledge of knowing what to ask and what to look for and right. you, you you won't be able to find out by yourself that's why you need someone like rabbi Reuben to show you uh, what to do and the right path so right exactly so when you said when you said that you spoke to other rabbis and they kind of you know gave you answers to your questions what 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 would you say the difference in responses um or ideology that they gave you versus uh you know what uh, rabbi Rubin kind of guided you in i would say um, because it seems it seems to me correct me if i'm wrong if you would have continued you know, w with all the other rabbis, it wouldn't have been so successful. No. Quote, successful as no. now. And no. uh, I'll tell you why. Um, it's because, again, not everybody, uh, no disrespect to other rabbis that might be amazing rabbis, but, but not everybody can do cube. Not everybody can uh, answer the questions you're looking for. And a, a lot of rabbis, uh, unfortunately, because... They were scared that they might turn me off or if they show a little bit of harshness or if they um, if they don't give me the right answer I'm looking for, it, it might turn me off completely and, and just go back to where, the way I am. So they would sugarcoat things or they would minimize it. Yeah. They, they wouldn't give me the, they wouldn't tell me the bad. They would just tell me the good, you know. I would say they wouldn't tell me about the punishment. They would just say, or what uh, prizes you would get if you do it. So, um, what the difference between Rabbi Reuven was, he was straight. No sugar coating. He tell you exactly the good, the bad, and the ugly. He told you exactly what would happen if you don't do it, and what happens if you do it. He would tell you uh, exactly what it says in the Torah. He, he does not mix his opinion. He does not sugarcoat things. He straight gives you the answer that you need to hear. And 
again, I've wasted 20 some years of my life. So I, when I wanted to become religious, I wasn't looking to waste time. You know, I wanted to get the right answer and find out exactly what I need to do and what needs to be done. And with the other rabbis, again, it, it was very in a nice way you know there were there were sugar coating things they were they were trying to show me only the good side of the torah not not that there is a bad side but again they would just show me the the good things that would happen if i do it but they wouldn't mention the punishments they would they wouldn't mention the disasters that would come from it if you don't follow if you don't listen to hashem and things like that and and it, I, again, I, I w- that wasn't something I was looking for. But uh, with Rabbi Reuven and, and uh, the whole Bezat Hashem organization, they tell you exactly what you need to know, the, the right, the truth. They, they tell you exactly what's written in the Torah, what the, the rabbis, the big rabbis of our generation said, why they said it, and why we need to follow them. And he doesn't mix his opinion. He he doesn't sugarcoat things. He tells you exactly what's going to happen to you if you if you don't follow the path. I mean, I mean, it's like a doctor that Mr. X has some type of issue, and the doctor is scared to make the patient feel bad. So he doesn't tell him that if you stop smoking, God forbid, you're gonna get cancer. So he sugarcoats things. But that's not a good doctor. The good doctor is that. Someone that tells you, hey, listen, if you keep smoking, God forbid, you're going to get cancer and you're going to die. So he tells him the exact thing that he needs to hear to change his life. And um, I want to say that he put fear into me. And I think that was one of the biggest factors that pushed me uh, to change myself. So that was the biggest, I would say that was the biggest difference between the other rabbis that spoke to it and Rabbi Rilvin. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, that, that's really the only way that it can, it can really work. I don't know if you've heard the example of, you write an email to uh, www.bizatashem.com without the dot, it's not, it's not going to send. So you can have the entire Torah, but if you don't have everything like a lot of people don't like to include like the fear and uh the you know basic truth that it that it says everything it's not going to affect the person you know so i mean don't get me wrong you're right there there has to be uh there has to be smiles and love and kindness with it but you can't just have that. I mean, I know so many rabbis that they do they use that to try to do kiru just by love, kindness, and making the person feel better. But I, I can see from what's coming out of it, it's almost nothing. I mean, the amount of people that they try to change and compared to what I, or how many people actually change from their organization, it's not comparable. And and by looking at Rabbi Reuven, you, you you could see results. I mean, you you can see how many people actually change their life. So that means the method that he's using, it's the right method. And uh, you have you you can't have just love and you can't just have fears. So you, you have to have 
You have to have both. And also you have to have truth. You you can't hide right. something because you think that person might take it the wrong way or that person might get turned off by it. Unfortunately, a lot of rabbis, they, that's how they approach someone. They, they're scared that if they say the wrong thing or if they say, oh, the Torah talks about this punishment, I might turn him off and the guy might just kind of forget it and leave. But again, I don't think that's the right way. And by Rabbi Reuven actually doing the opposite way, by, by telling you exactly what the Torah says, what the rabbis say, what, what's the good and what's the bad. And that's why it uh, it, uh, put, uh, it uh, gravitated in, towards him and his organization. You know, it's like, it's like, they, it's like going fishing. You send the hook into the water and then you get the fish to come see what it is. But, you know, it's like they leave out the bait part. There's nothing that will that will catch the fish, catch the people, and and bring them in, which is the uh, the the fear factor. It, it's a very weak generation, but you have to have the fear. You're not gonna run a, a red light or a stop sign, or you're not gonna go past the speed limit because um, you know you're gonna get a ticket. Yeah, I got a ticket, right? Right, exactly. Nobody wants to get a ticket. Nobody wants to get pulled over and get a ticket. Exactly. But that's the, that's the same thing with with the Torah. You have to have both. You know, it's it just it just fulfills the prophecy of the la, the, the ending of days where uh, you know, the generation is going to unfortunately uh, uh, be this way. It's sad, but uh, what can we do? We just have to um, just help whoever wants the help. You know, not not everybody is looking for the help. So, so during this whole process, what what are some of the challenges? or obstacles that you had to overcome? Uh, it was a lot. Um, I, one thing was to completely change my life. Because as any other teenager, I used to go to movies, play video games, go to the beach, you know, uh, go to a bar with friends and cousins to watch a game, um, go to different restaurants, you know, on vacation and things like that and to completely change my life and completely stop doing all those was one of the many challenges but i would say one of the biggest challenges i had was actually was with my work and as you said in the beginning of the podcast uh, i started my business about 12 years ago being a cyber security consultant i have to do a lot of projects and a lot of these projects are complicated so a lot of companies, they don't want to do anything during the week because sometimes what we do, we have to bring their whole system down in order for us to make the changes. So a lot of the work I had to do was over the weekends, which unfortunately included Shabbat and Saturday. Uh, so one of the biggest challenges was stop working uh, from Friday afternoon all the way until uh, Shabbat. So that caused me to lose a lot of projects because a lot of companies were not uh, open to me uh, do the project during the week and uh, bring their system down and having their employees just sitting around doing nothing. So in the beginning it was extremely hard. And again, because I was losing a lot of projects, which means I was losing a lot of money. So that was putting a lot of pressure. And not only that, on top of that also, um, closing in the middle of the week for the holidays especially september october time when we have 
so many days off, off, Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, Sukkot, and things like that. It was extremely hard because uh, companies don't understand. I mean, they're spending a lot of money for me to come and do this project for them or help them with something or help their IT department with their security. And in the middle of the project, I would tell them, well, I'm gone for two days. I cannot answer any phones, any emails, any issues comes up. You have to wait for two days. So it, it, it was very hard for the companies to understand that. And um, I, I want to say unfortunately, but the, I lost a lot of uh, projects because of it. And to this day, I still do. But uh, that was one of the challenges that I had to overcome because I had to constantly remind myself that uh, that's not the goal. The money doesn't come from the projects. I mean, the money comes from many different ways. And if Hashem wants me to have it, I'll have it some other way. And if he wants me to have it, he will send me clients that understand the situation, which they do. Baruch Hashem, I have a lot of clients that they, they do understand. We have a big Jewish community in Los Angeles. A lot of them are very familiar with uh, our uh, religion uh, and they accommodate. Uh, and then again, there are some that don't. And uh, unfortunately, there are some that once they realize the, you're Jewish, just because of that, they don't want to work with you. So so that was one of the biggest challenges that I had to overcome. And um, again, one of the things that helped me through that was by just watching the videos of Rabbi Rovan because uh, he was able to, uh, again, give me clarity and uh, show me and answer the question the, the hard questions that i had and help me go through the through the process and i still have challenges i mean again um it's not easy because um for me to do some of the things for 20 some years and all of a sudden stop doing it and now completely change my mentality change my belief um change my characteristics uh, it, it wasn't easy and um but Baruch Hashem, I was able to accomplish a lot. And I was able to overcome, I would say, majority of the challenges that I had. I don't want to say I don't have challenges. I still do. Uh, especially with the economy and the money. And um, again, everybody's struggling to make money. And uh, just by looking back at my colleagues, I mean, I do see my colleagues that are in the same field as me and they make a lot more than I do. And again, you always have that yes or no in the back of your mind coming until you see that could have been, you could have made say, as much as they're doing because they work on Saturday. They, they don't close on holiday. You know that 50,000 project that you lost? The other guy got it because he could work on weekends. So there's still challenges. And, um, but again, um, by changing my mentality and telling myself that the, that's not the per, what's the purpose of life, I was able to overcome it. And it's, it, again, it's still a challenge, but um, I have the tools uh, in front of me that could help me to overcome those challenges. Yeah, it's, it's definitely definitely a, a tough test, especially you know making that money. It's, it's, it's such a clear indication of how the SLR works. You know, he's trying to Trying to get you back, which obviously shows that if you're trying to fight to, to, to get some ideas in your head to make you go back to the path that used to be, obviously the uh, the, the decisions and the the impact that you're making is you know a, a very strong one. So 
you're definitely doing uh, doing the right thing, Will Chevy. Um, on on a side note, let me ask you about uh, cybersecurity. I, I've noticed recently in the past maybe two years that I've been getting a lot of uh, notifications that say, um, uh, oh, the certain website has a uh, data leak or a data breach. Right. Um, your, your information might be compromised, change your password. What, what is that? What's what's going on with, with all those things? Uh, it, it just means that the website that you had an account with got hacked somehow. And they were able to steal information. And now, a lot of times that company knows exactly what information was stolen. Uh, and sometimes they don't know. So they generalize the worst, which would be... Uh, customers' uh, credential information. So um, what I recommend my clients always is that never use the same password for more than one account, especially important accounts like banks, uh, financials, anything that it's important. Definitely don't use the same password for all. When you use a password, make sure it's at least 12 digits and higher something that it's not guessable, something that has nothing to do with you, uh, nothing like name of your kids, name of your cat, dog, your favorite food, anything like that. Uh, because again, it's very easy to find that information by social engineering. They just go on, they just have to go on your Facebook page, Instagram page to figure out all those. And now that they know what your username is and what kind of password you might be using, they could put that into a system which goes to millions of websites and use those passwords to see if which one of them would actually work. Well, wow. so, um, yeah, the good hygiene is, again, don't use any passwords more than once in any other accounts. Uh, keep it more than 12 characters. Don't use anything that has any type of connection to you. There's no way of stopping it. You, you just have to be smart about it. You just have to make it very complicated for them. So that, that's why when you, in case if you get an alert from one of these websites that they were hacked and your credential were stolen, you don't have to worry about it because all you have to do is just go to that website and change the password. But if you would have used that password other places, then now you have to go to other places and change the password. So then that's, your life would just be too complicated. And people say, well, in that case, then I'm going to have 500 passwords which one way of getting around it is to use a password manager, which are these softwares that they save your passwords. It's fully encrypted. Again, they're not bulletproof, but uh, they are 99% more secure than anything else out there. They're extremely cheap. They're a couple of dollars a month. Very easy to use. They even have a password generator that generates passwords for you. Yeah. And then you use that to save your information. And if anything happens, you just go to that program and change your password. And you just have to be smart about it, what you do online. Which unfortunately, a lot of people are not because they put their whole life on the social media. So is it easy for them to, to, to hack into to websites and to Depends. Systems? Depends. Some, some systems are extremely easy. I mean, as a consultant, I do a lot of penetration testing, which means companies hire me to hack their system just to figure out if they are hackable and if I was able to hack them, how I was able to hack them, what kind of information I was able to access and things like that. And some companies that hire me, they're a joke. I mean, 
in a couple of hours, I'm able to get in and access extremely sensitive information, which is mind-boggling how <laughs> the, they weren't taking care of it from the beginning. And there are companies that actually do take it very seriously. They have a big budget. They spend a lot of money. But then again, cybersecurity is not 100%. Nothing is... 100%. It, it's not, nobody's bulletproof. And it, it's not a matter of if, if, it's a matter of when. So that's why you always have to be smart about it. You got to make sure you don't share any personal information, don't share your entire life with people online, personal information about yourself. Again, you, you have to be smart. I mean, it's, it's unfortunately, it's a scary war, especially with all these, um, artificial intelligence and machine learning that they coming up yeah that made the matter 10 times worse because now they we can use our artificial intelligence to make our life a lot easier i mean i would say our life as like hackers and consultants it makes it a lot easier for us to be able to do what we did six months ago so it's even more scary now so you can you can literally now have ai do a lot of the oh, things yeah. Worries. Definitely, but 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 what what does that mean? They they've they've obviously had this technology, b before it came out. Right, but it's a lot easier now because look, uh, think of it. it, it like, what would you use? Yeah, yeah. Oh. I would say, for example, let's just say if I wanted to hack a company, uh, I need a lot of resources, or I need to spend a lot of time coming up with different type of viruses and ransomware and, and things like that. By using artificial intelligence, now I can have the code for me, or at least part of the code for me. I can have it tested, test the virus for me, and give me the results. Or I can even use it to run some script for me while I'm doing something else on the site. So ima imagine like as an assistant. So now something that I was able to do myself, I have someone else doing it for me at the same time or run some of the commands for me and I don't even have to be in front of the computer anymore. I, I just feed it the script or whatever I needed to do and I just walk away and it does it for me and then I can go do whatever I want and come back and get the results. So uh, it, it's scary. I mean, and people think this is the worst of it, but they have no idea. I mean, I've dealt with artificial intelligence. Uh, I, I studied it for cybersecurity aspects and things like that. What we're seeing now, it's it's nothing compared to what it's going to come out in a few years from now. I mean, uh, when people say it's end of the world, it's definitely end of the world because the, the, the technology that they're coming up with, it's almost as if they're replacing the human in all aspects. They're... Well, the goal is to completely replace humans for the artificial intelligence, the, the robot. I, I mean, I, I, I might sound like one of these conspiracy theories or some crazy nut job, but I, I am in this field. I mean, this is one of part of my job as cybersecurity is to analyze artificial intelligence and things like that. And what they're giving out now, it's nothing comparable is what they're planning to give out in the near future. And unfortunately, again, it's, it's not, none of it is for the good. All of it is for the bad.
I mean, the main goal is to get rid of the human. That's that that's one of the biggest reasons of why they're coming up with that they're not coming up with the technology to make our life easier. It's actually the opposite, is to control the human. To control our lives. I mean it it sounds it's like, it sounds like a Hollywood movie, but it, it's it's reality. Yeah. These days are the time that we are, we need to get closer to Hashem because the amount of threats we have around us, there's absolutely no way that we can protect ourselves. We, we, you need Hashem to protect you. I mean, th- there is no other way. I mean, a lot of people, they think, oh, I go buy a gun. Uh, oh, I, I do this. Or I do that. I always tell them, listen, you could buy 20 guns. You, you, could, you could do this. You could do that. At the end of the day, you have to have Hashem on your back. There's absolutely no way you can protect yourself and your family and the way the world is going you need protection from that boss it's other it's not there's no other way it's just not possible yeah it's, it seems very clear that maybe Hashem is trying to get us away from social media get get away from the phones get away from the whole technology thing because you know the way you're describing it it's it doesn't sound uh, very promising I, again don't get me wrong technology is amazing it, it made our lives a lot easier uh, especially with with the torah and the learning i mean just look at myself without the youtube or the technology we have right now most likely i wouldn't even hear about Bezat hashem or or rabbi Mizrach or anything right. so of of course there's a lot of good in it but unfortunately, the people don't use it for, I mean, not that many people use it for the good. People usually use it for the bad aspect of it, which it, uh, it helps the other side because the more people use it for the bad, the more power they get, the more control they get, the more they can control you, the more they can ha- have influence on you. And uh, that's one of the scariest yeah. things for my kids. I mean, I'm thinking of my kids and every day that I, I'm looking at it. I, I, one of the things that I ask Hashem is to somehow help me and to be able to help my kids because, I mean, only God knows what's going to happen. Uh, the future is scary. It's definitely scary. I, I totally understand. I have three kids of my own and uh, it's it's like, you know, what, what are you going to do? You know, you can try to teach them, you know, what you know and, you know, uh, have them grow up not the way you grew up. And, uh, you know, my my, my, uh, my kids know more, you know, than what I knew when I was their age. So at least we're able to do kind of some type of chuva in that, in that kind of way. But, uh, yeah, you're absolutely right. It's definitely not, uh, it doesn't look, doesn't look very good. So, okay, w- with that being said then, in regards to the future and uh, uh, now and then moving on, where do you see yourself in, in maybe five, ten years from now? You know, what kind of goals uh, do you have set, would you say, to kind of mo- move up and how? I mean, um, my main goal is just to grow. I mean, uh, spiritually, uh, get closer to Hashem learning more Torah because again I lost 20 some years of opportunity so I have a lot of catching up to do so my goal is one to grow myself and help my wife to grow help my kids to grow get closer to Hashem 
and also to be able to help organizations like Berzat Hashem to help others to grow because I'm I'm not alone in this fight uh, and uh, look I, I gotta be honest um, unfortunately um, I don't have the time I mean I, I work full time I have four little kids I have to spend time learning so I don't have the time to do Kyiv uh, the only chance that I have is that if I see someone that is interested to just give them a CD or tell them to go to the Bezat Hashem website. So my other option to help people is to help Bezat Hashem, to help others. And uh, I can do it by my time, but I can do it with my money. So that's why uh, I donate as much as I can to the organization because I know my money is not going to get wasted. And it's going to go help others uh, and I know uh, I don't have the tools I, I don't have the knowledge but Rabbi Rogan does Rabbi Ephraim does the, the whole organization does so there's no reason for me to try to even waste my time and try to do it because I know I won't be able to do it so why not use my money in the right way and help someone that can so those are my goals to, to help the organization as much as I can and uh, and just grow and just grow myself help my wife grow help my family grow and hopefully maybe the people that are close to me uh, my parents my brother uh, you know my in-laws my sister-in-laws and who, whoever i have contact with on day-to-day -day basis hopefully i can influence them to also grow so that's my goal for and of course uh, keeping my kids safe and away from all these crazy people well they, they seem like they're definitely in good hands to be uh somebody that's very up to date with technology in the world crazy world so uh Jonathan, what what kind of advice would you give someone that's also uh been kind of in the process of uh of doing chuba what kind of advice would you give them what kind of warnings what kind of uh heads up would you give them to kind of uh prepare them I would say the first thing is to take it seriously because again, uh, not everybody got a second chance and just because you got a chance right now doesn't mean you're going to get a chance again in the future. So you have the opportunity now, so take it extremely seriously. Uh, also, um, don't waste your time trying to find other ways of doing it. You already have best of the best in front of you. The Bezal Hashem organization, Rabbi Rovan, they have all the tools and everything that you need for you to go to the right path. So there's no need to go anywhere else. There's no need to search anywhere else. You you have the tools. You just have to commit to it. Just commit to it. Follow the path. Uh, don't don't allow Yetzirah to get into you and don't let him come to you and say oh this rabbi is fanatic this rabbi he's trying to make you fear Hashem that's not how Hashem is Hashem is all about love um, this is not the organization that is good for you you should forget it go somewhere else these are all nonsense uh, I mean I have to tell you I don't think there's any other organization other than Bezat Hashem and maybe one or two other that know how to do this properly and show you the right path and give you the tools that you need to succeed. So take it extremely seriously. Commit your life to it. I, it's 
going to be very difficult. You are going to definitely have people make fun, telling you you're crazy, uh, try to discourage you, uh, or even fight you, or even destroy the relationship with you. You you cannot allow any of this affect you in any way, because these are all obstacles that you have to pass, like anything else in life. Uh, it doesn't matter what you do in life, you are going to have obstacles. You just have to make sure you don't allow anything to get in front of you. Go full force, um, uh, take it one day at a time. And uh, again, um, Rabbi Reuben was for me a lot of times when I had the hard questions and I needed the answer. So uh, again, I know he's extremely busy and he does a lot of things, but I'm sure if you have questions, he, he's definitely there. The organization is there to to help you and answer any questions you have. So if you have any questions, uh, I, I know a lot of people are scared to ask because they don't want to know what the answer is or they know what the answer is. They just don't want to hear it. But that's not the right way. You need to ask this question and you need to get the answer. And whatever answer you get, that's the answer. Don't doubt it. Don't second question it. Don't go ask 10 other people to see what they say. Stick to it because I have to tell you, the, whatever answer Rabbi Rowan gives you, that that is the correct answer. And you don't need any other answer. You just have to open your mind and accept it. And no matter how hard it is or no matter uh, if that's not what you're looking for. It's you have to understand. You have to change your mindset. It's not. It's not about what you want. It's not about what you're looking for. It's about what's right. It's about what Hashem wants. Uh, it's about what you need to do to change your life. Uh, and that's what I did. And I think that's the advice I will give to others because um, I went through it, so I know how it is. Very interesting uh, episode here. Um, uh, Thank you very much for coming on here and telling, you know, uh, people about your your story and and the influence and the warnings. And uh, I I can I can be sure that it's going to help a lot of people. And uh, here here's another way you can contribute helping, uh, you know, the, the organization not only by uh, by your money and by by supporting it, but also by actually being there and. Uh, you know, uh, showing face and actually directly helping people. Thank you. It's been an honor and it's been a great uh, pleasure to do it because when Rabbi uh, messaged me and asked me, uh, uh, I knew it's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, so I jumped on it. And uh, if there's anyone that needs any cybersecurity or any type of, you know, help, we're definitely going to come to you. I can so. organization, uh, please uh, let me know. I mean, I, I'm not sure uh, what kind of services I can offer, but if anything comes up, uh, I, I, I'm be more than happy uh, to help you as much as I can in any way. We definitely need all the all the security from the uh, you know from the from the other side to uh, help us from uh, you know staying away from all that tumor and uh, you know, trying to stick stick to the right way. So again, thank you very much, and Mizad uh, Shemul will be. Thank you so much. A very special thank you to all our amazing guests who show real Avati Sled by taking the time out of their busy schedules 
and sharing their ups and downs with us. All for the sake of Am Yisrael. May Hashem continue to bless you a thousandfold. If you enjoyed this video, you can find more of these podcasts on our website at www.bezatashem.org. If you're on YouTube, be sure to subscribe to the channel to hear more highly influencing lectures and stories like the one you heard here today. Thank you for watching, and Bezat Hashem, may we all have the merit to return to Hashem.